0: Hello everybody. This is Sam Kahane. You're listening to Allison and Sam's Big Adventure. This podcast is about our 6-month journey around the world. And for me, you know, travel isn't about where you go, it's who you meet. So, this podcast is all about the most interesting people I meet, their crazy stories, uh tidbits on life from them and so forth. So, I hope you enjoy this episode of Allison and Sam's Big Adventure podcast. <laughs> hey everybody this is sam kahane uh i have an amazing guest here for you today one of my best friends for 10 years the infamous kevin beach the legend kevin thanks for coming on
1: yeah happy to be here and uh it's been a great two weeks traveling around with you and the crew here
0: oh yes quick quick background most of you know kevin if you know me We're pretty much inseparable, but we were college roommates for three years. Frat brothers, shout out to Lambda Chi Alpha. We lived together in San Francisco after Elon University. We've had countless adventures. We launched a bike tour company in San Francisco that's still thriving. Um, Kevin has quit his job multiple times twice to travel the world so we're going to talk about that during this podcast here Uh, what it's like to twist to quit your job uh, recommendations he has we're going to talk travel tips we're going to do an overrated underrated section but to set the stage here we're in a pretty pretty breathtaking spot Kevin could you tell everyone where we are
1: Yes, so I've traveled a lot, and this is one of the most picturesque place I've ever been. So we are in Chamonix, France, or as Sam likes to say, Chamonix, <laughs> and uh, we are outside in the backyard of our um, hostel. It's called Chamonix Lodge, and we are just looking at these beautiful, just breathtaking mountains covered in alpine trees and rocky tops and snow-covered mountains, and it's just... Beautiful evening out here um, in Chamonix.
0: And we have a little oh. rabbit Mascot. named Albert. He's the hostel rabbit. He just popped up next to us. Hey, Albert. <laughs> that is Albert for you. So, Kevin, I think it would be fun to start off with a quick overrated, underrated section okay. where I'll say a person, place, or thing, and you say whether it's overrated, underrated, uh, and any thoughts you have. So to start, bars, are they overrated or underrated?
1: This one's easy. Uh, definitely overrated. Ooh. Bars are a place where a lot of people in young 20s love to go, myself included. Um, but I thought I loved them. But in reality, you spend your time trying to yell at people, try to wait 15, 20 minutes to get a drink, and in reality, you get have a much more fun night cooking a you know, long dinner and drinks and games with friends um, at your house or some someplace else. Bars are definitely overrated. <laughs> uh,
0: which is actually what we did here tonight in Chamonix with Allison and Jeff Brighton, our other friend. Okay, next topic. Oh. Traveling solo, overrated or underrated?
1: Mm, underrated to start, overrated after. I'd say everyone needs to um, would benefit from traveling solo at least once in their life. But after that, it's uh, it's more fun to travel with friends and family and people you love. It's just uh, it's more fun.
0: Boom. Love it. Okay, Kevin, I know you're just in this place. Um, Israel, overrated, underrated, your thoughts?
1: Israel, I went kind of on a whim and didn't know what to expect. Underrated, I would say... Um, a lot of people who aren't Jewish typically don't go to Israel, and I think it's Tel Aviv's an amazing city. It's like Miami meets San Francisco. It's a beautiful beach, and uh, Jerusalem is some of the most historic one of the most historic cities in the world. The nature is beautiful, and it's probably has my favorite food: the falafels, the sabiq, the the hummus. It's uh, oh, the hummus. it's it's an amazing place. The hummus. Oh my
0: goodness! All right. Potentially, the last one here, mm-hmm. Europe mm.
1: I would say <sighs> overrated by a lot of people, but I think it's properly rated in some aspects i think it's uh I think it's highly rated for a reason people it's got everything you need it's all very close. some people who are especially frugal you know shy away from it because it's more expensive, but it has the history the the culture the beauty of the outdoors um, cities countryside it's got everything so I think it's uh, properly rated and highly rated
0: yes uh, my thoughts in Europe love it but I do think it is overrated uh, for long-term travel it is extremely mm. expensive um, it's you know you trains are not cheap either flights are fairly cheap but they take a lot of time. Um, and you could learn a lot more by traveling other places in the world. So while Europe is incredible, highly recommend traveling to other places such yep. as Asia, Australia, South America, Central America, even up to Canada. You can learn a lot. Um, would you agree, Kev?
1: Uh, yeah. Yes and no. <laughs> I think uh, I think there's a lot to learn from Europe. I think you need to get out of some of the touristy places. Mm. Um, if you're just staying in you know Piccadilly and London or, or some of the kind of main downtown areas um, it is kind of similar and you'll kind of get the the whitewash experience but uh there's a lot to unpack about europe that's it's an evolving place they have about um, a lot of immigrants coming in it's a very changing continent and is also has a lot of history. I think it's underrated actually by long term travelers We have Jeff Bryden our our buddy we've been traveling with his spent two years of his life solo traveling um around the world and he's never been to europe until this trip and it's because he was afraid of the big price tags and big tourist crowds sure Uh, but you can travel on a on a pretty cheap budget and you can get away from the tourist crowds. so i would say underrated by um you know backpackers
0: yeah and i gotta say europe has some amazing events like me and you we went to wimbledon together yeah and we went to the tour de france um, and a lot of people have asked me, Sam, what do you think of Wimbledon? Sam, the Tour de France is a dream of mine. Let's unpack those a little bit for people. Yeah. Um, let's start with Wimbledon so I can give my thoughts first. Yeah. I, my dad was high school tennis captain. Then he went to college. He was tennis captain at Marietta College as well in Ohio. Okay. Shout out to Rob. You're a great dad as well. Thank you for listening, dad. You're the man. Um, it's where I get my good looks from as well as many of the viewers know. (laughs) Um, so I have never had never seen professional tennis before and I was a little skeptical going in. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew the tickets were extremely expensive and I have to say watching tennis live was probably my favorite live sports experience I've ever had. Um, I thought the level of play was incredible. Uh, it was just amazing to watch. It was like a dance. It was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Wimbledon?
1: Yeah, so Wimbledon it was interesting because we, we didn't have tickets. You have to enter a lottery to get in. And we heard that you could wait in this line, get there at like 6 or 7 in the morning, wait five or six hours and you might be able to get some kind of grass seats or like get into the general wimbledon and sam and i got extremely lucky we got there seven in the morning and we got the two last tickets for court number one and just like sam said it was i'd never seen live tennis before and it was such a dramatic battle between two people because you just have you know it's mano y mano and you can just see the different personalities and the styles of play come out um, more than you can pretty much in any other sporting event and it was just people on the edge of their seat for the entire match so yeah I would say did not expect it but tennis underrated really entertaining sport
0: yes it is definitely underrated Um, would you recommend Wimbledon over the Tour de France or would you say the Tour de France was better both bucket list items.
1: Both I would say are bucket list items. The Tour de France, um Sam and I love to cycle, and to be honest, the actual event itself of the bikers coming through was underwhelming. It was just people, you know, flying by at you know 30 miles per hour and they lasted like four or five minutes for us coming by and we were there for eight, nine hours. But What's really cool about the Tour de France is the whole culture around it. There's people who come out from all over Europe, all over the world, really, come to support their riders, and they're out there, you know, drinking, playing music. There was, uh, We ended up in this small little alpine village, um, and it was just gorgeous. Yeah, they had dancers, they had um, all different events going on throughout the day, and it was just this whole long you know big day community event that was awesome but the actual bikers coming through eh, a little underwhelming
0: what would you give it out of 10
1: the tour de france or the yes. bikers tour de france tour de france i would give i would give a nine. Oh. yeah i would give it pretty high i would think you know it depends even if you don't follow wimbledon or you don't follow a tour de france i would say the tour de france i think just being in the small alpine village somewhere and this is also a pro tip um don't if you're coming to the tour de france try to find a small town we were originally parked along the side of the road and it was not the play we just stumbled across this little village and it made the day so if you're going definitely try to smi- find a small village
0: love that I would give Wimbledon a nine and the Tour de France, truthfully, a four. (laughs) I was extremely bored waiting for the riders to come. Um, Pivoting topics here, Kevin. Yeah. You and I have both quit our jobs um, to travel around the world. Uh, I'm taking a potential sabbatical, love the cube, maybe coming back. Um, But you have quit two jobs to travel the world. And I have a lot of people reach out to me and they've said, Sam, I you know very envious it's something I've always wanted to do but I just you know they're nervous they don't know if they're gonna be able to come back and pick up a job that's as good as what they had now they don't know if their money is gonna run out um you've done this twice can you walk us through your mindset and your process to do this
1: yeah so I would say that it's Depends on why you want to travel. Um, I think for Sam and Allison, uh, it's the bonding experience, making you know, lifetime memories together and getting to travel the world. Um, and for me, I think it's been different things at different times. So I first left my job at SAP and traveled in Argentina for two months. And it was a mix of wanting to learn some Spanish and really immerse myself in a culture. Um, and then also getting to backpack around um, Patagonia and really go out on wild kind of adventures and explore. And for this trip, I think it was um, a combination of just... Feeling like the timing might be right in my life in terms of wanting to move on from my previous job into my next job, um, and then also very excited. I'm moving in with my girlfriend soon. Congratulations! Thank man. you. Thank A shout out to Jenny, Jenny Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I just had this longing to go back to europe it had been a while since my family had spent much time in europe and i wanted to go been thinking about scotland for a long time and been thinking about turkey actually for a long time and it was just uh something i felt like i can't just wait around for these things to fall into place i got to take some proactive um you know, moves to make this happen. And so anyways, what I would advice I would give to people who are thinking about it is one, the timing won't always be perfect. It never will be. But if you want it, it's easy enough to make it happen. Um, you can ask for sabbaticals from work, extended breaks, um, in terms of a, the hardest thing is probably apartment switching. So just finding a gap at the end of your um, lease or if you're month to month or uh, i rented mine out for two months when I first left for Argentina. Um, so just a few moving parts, but if you want it, um, I would say go, go make it happen. We're only young, uh, in our twenties once and you know, better to do this now while we're young and healthy instead of when we're 70 and maybe not quite as healthy and able to see the world.
0: Dang, man, quitting your job twice to travel. That is amazing. Um, two things I'd like to add to that. One is a way that I recommend people look at it is if they were on their deathbed, what are they going to wish they did? You know Are you going to wish you stayed at work and kept crushing it and worked your way up the ladder? Or are you going to wish you, you know traveled the world and did you know whatever journey was waiting for you? So that's one way of looking at it. Um, the second piece is you... Allison and I both talked to our bosses, which is a tough conversation to have, yeah. and told them that we wanted to leave and we wanted to travel and this was something we really wanted to do. How did that conversation go with your boss? And maybe it went different both times. Did it go well? Did it go horrible? You know, that's the conversation that people are very anxious about.
1: Yeah, so the... I mean, I think there's two conversations that are... are a handful of conversations that are difficult um, or kind of fearful to approach. One is the the conversation with your current manager. For me, the conversation both times went, um, I think, as good as I could have hoped for. Um, you know, I explained that it was something that I have a passion for. It was something that I really wanted to do. And they were sad to see, you know, that I wanted to kind of move on. But I think if you've kind of thought through and you have authentic reasons for why you want to make it happen, I think anyone... You know, if they're a good boss, can um, respect that and you know encourage you to to follow your dreams. The other conversation that I got asked about, especially a lot when I first um, left left SAP, is what do recruiters say? So coming back into the job market, and for me that hasn't <laughs> not on wood, I don't have a job for when I come back. When I'm talking with a lot of companies. Um, hasn't been as tough of of a conversation I think if you maybe leave for a year or two years sometimes it gets tough but if you're leaving for a handful of months I think a lot of people at worst are are jealous of what you're doing um but they're often see that as a positive sign that you have some independence that you're willing to you know learn a new culture and I think it's been nothing but neutral or positive for me
0: I definitely agree with that and you know that's exactly how my boss took it yeah um Dave Vellante, amazing boss I have at the Cube, and I went up to him and I told him, you know, how excited I was, and that this was a dream for Allison and I. Before, you know, things got, you know, too serious, and we settled down. And he was super supportive, and no one at the company had done this before. And uh, you know, he said, Sam, this is the culture we want to promote. We want to reward our employees. We want them to feel fulfilled and be able to achieve their dreams. And then. You know come back and have us be there for them and Allison had the same exact response at her company yeah. You know people understand that if you go in with a positive mindset and you're honest and real and you're excited Then they will probably be excited for you because they're people at the end of the day Just like you know you and I and all you amazing listeners. You guys are the best <laughs> um, Great point. Yes, yeah, so Kevin you are known as the travel guru you've been to over 40 countries let's hit people with some travel tips what what advice do you have you know you can go as deep as you want but you know key tips that people should
1: keep in mind while traveling thank you samuel so a couple things uh so one big picture thinking so less tactical but uh, my mom's also a travel agent and deals with people coming in all the time hey i want to go on a trip with my um wife you know we want to go somewhere relaxing and she's like okay where do we go from here so one you know what do you, what do you want out of a trip let's say you have if you're working and not taking time off from job maybe you have 10 14 days um so what is your budget um and then something that I've come across uh, from an economist Tyler Cowen actually is the idea of entry points for travel so um, it's the idea of how do you get introduced and how do you navigate a country or travel. So for me, um, randomly enough, my, you know, two of my passions are coffee and cycling. And so I, like I'm going to Barcelona in a few days and it was kind of a last second trip. I immediately looked up where all the best coffee shops are on the map. And there was a cluster of them in this certain neighborhood. I looked a little bit more in the neighborhood, looked cool, booked a hostel there. So coffee shops are and then I'm going to go there for breakfast in two days so coffee shops for me are an entry point to kind of figuring out where I want to go and navigate uh, different places and so is cycling um Allison cycling, yeah. yeah and Allison for example uh hers is a couple of different things but one of them is dance and um you know you went to London she went to an amazing dance studio uh we went actually rock climbing here in beautiful Chamonix and uh <laughs> and anyway, so we went rock climbing in beautiful chamonix this morning with with jeff and the crew and allison had never been you know outdoor rock climbing of any type but she had done it once before and it was funny enough it was a uh dance video that she made way back in the day she had to like rock climb as she was dancing and it was just so funny to hear that that was like her entry point into rock climbing was through dance so my recommendation is think about what are some of your passions what are maybe um, how can you maybe take some of those and make it as an entry point into a certain place so if you're really passionate about um, history maybe look at uh, what part of history so ancient greece or uh, london or wherever you want to go just kind of think about that as maybe a filter um, for where you want to travel to.
0: Yeah, I love that. Our, uh, Allison and my entry point was the Tour de Mont Blanc. What we're doing right now parlayed with the Tour de France. Um, Cause for me, you know, I don't have time to do 10 day hikes or ever, yeah. you know, maybe a weekend tops. Um, so this was the entry point to get away and get into one of the most beautiful spots ever um, because that's what I was missing in my life back home. Uh, so that's a really cool point. Um, So Kevin, I want to hit you with two
1: more questions. Yes, I also have a couple quick uh practical travel tips oh please uh so a few technology related because like it or not you don't want to be on instagram while you're traveling but technology plays a massive role in how you travel
0: literally i was about to ask you do you have an app you're using or a website (laughs) that you'd recommend to people because you always have your phone like at the right time you pull out your phone and you have the exact coffee shop to go to or the exact hike so i'm very excited for for this bit?
1: Yeah, well, a a couple things. I would say Google Maps is your best friend. So one of the things you can do is you can download uh, Google Maps offline before you go to a place. So you can access it whether you have Wi-Fi or a SIM card or or whatnot. So um, you just go to the little three bars at the top and then um, offline maps and you can download wherever you're going from there. Another is get a SIM card. I had heard this for years and never took the advice until about a month ago and it is a game changer. Don't get too much data. Just get a few data to kind of you know get around for for a few weeks. Um, but usually when you're exiting the air, airport, they might have a little um, little book bookstore, grocery, little corner store, or like a Vodafone or something like that, and you can get a SIM card there for. 15 bucks and it's well worth it um and then in terms of just finding spots that just comes with kind of practice with uh either looking at travel blogs the best coffee shops in a town or uh, just fiddling around on google maps
0: heck yeah Yeah. baby (laughs) that's good nuggets of content that's people are going to take that and apply those and that's going to make a huge huge difference for them um kevin this is so much fun dude i love that the adventure just continues we're in europe we've been to australia we've been everywhere um it's been unreal is there anything else you want to leave the people with any quotes that you live by any things you're pondering anything you want them to remember you by you know what do you want to leave people with
1: Well, um, you're going to laugh because I'm going to leave you with two more tips and then maybe something big. Um, So two more uh, specific travel tips is one, Allison laughed when I did this, but then she tried it and liked it, is when you get on the plane, take off your shoes. Um, (laughs) Because when you get on, when you travel up in the air, your feet expand by a little bit. And if your shoes are tight, it's going to be like a subtle discomfort the entire time. So just slip those babies off and and relax on the flight. And then my mom swears by this thing called No Jet Like Pills. They're made out of New Zealand. And it could be placebo, but they work like a charm. So uh, check out No Jet Like Pills. And um, the thing I'd like you to take away is, you know, as simple as it sounds, go out and travel. I think uh, we didn't do it in the overrated, underrated, but... I think travel is still massively underrated. More and more people are getting out there, but I think there's a lot to learn from different cultures, getting outside of your daily routine, meeting new people. Um, The more you travel in in foreign places, I think uh, the more well-rounded person you are. So go out and travel.
0: That's coming from the most well-rounded man out there. The one and only Kevin Veach. Love you, brother. Thanks for coming on. Love you, bud. Um, Everyone, thank you for listening. Um. Share this podcast with your friends. We're making it big. Signing out from
1: Chamonix It's we out. It's Kevin Beach and, and
0: Sam Cahan. <laughs> Au revoir.